Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. But getting back to this whole law of attraction, I get a lot of this stuff every single day. And the problem I have with most people out there teaching the law of attraction, and it came back to one word that someone in the audience already said, practical techniques. Okay. The problem is, is that, A, we don't have a lot of practical techniques. People spend a lot of time telling you what to do, but not so much how to do it. Right? And then they use words like believe. Anytime you hear somebody saying, well, you just got to believe, run screaming. <laughs> run screaming from the room because belief is horseshit. What? How does that work? By the way, uh, I shall give you my disclaimer real quick. If foul language, profanity, or politically incorrect terminology offends you, you should leave now. I don't have time for BS. I'm going to tell you the way it is. If, it's, if it resonates with you, something I say uh, is something you feel you can use, by all means, use it. If it doesn't rest with you, if it doesn't work for you, find somebody's stuff who does. Right? Uh, I'll give you my pedigree in a moment, but I just want to you know, kind of rant a little bit about this law of attraction stuff, because that's what everybody's here for tonight, right? Um, and actually, that's not why you're here, but that's why you think you're here, and that's good enough, okay? Um, because the law of attraction isn't specific enough for us. We need to know what we want, and we need to know how to program into our nervous system what we want, Okay? But this word that keeps coming up all the time is belief. And the problem with that is, is that <clears throat> how many people here, every time they say, I believe something, there's this little part of them that says bullshit. Right? And maybe it's not a voice. Maybe there's a little icky feeling you get in your body. True, not true. Okay? How many people believe they can earn $1 million? Okay? When you say it, verbalize it, and notice what happens to the feelings in your body. Just say it out loud right now. I believe I can earn $1 million. How many people just got an icky feeling? How many people lying? <laughs> right? Now, here's what usually happens is there's this really excited, elated feeling, and then in the background, there's this little nagging, annoying little... It may be a voice. It may be just a little, like, subtle yuck feeling. Sometimes there's a little pull. Anybody experiencing those things? Congratulations. You've just learned about beliefs. You have two sets. You have beliefs you know about and beliefs you don't know about. Now, the problem is, if you have to believe one way, but your body's believing another, well, guess what? You ever try to go two directions at once? You wind up pretty stuck, right? So a lot of the problem that we have isn't that the law of attraction doesn't work. It's that we don't understand what people actually mean when we start talking about beliefs. And we don't even, and what's worse is we don't understand how to find the shit we don't know we have. Shit being a technical term, mind you. Secret hypnotic influence techniques. You're going to get a lot of those tonight. By the way, um, I hope you guys like to have fun because that's the only way you're going to be able to make the law of attraction work. How people like to feel good for no fucking reason? <laughs> right? 
How many people like to feel good for a reason? How many people just like to feel good? Yeah. We're getting there. All right. All right. Um, it is our official start time, so I'm going to end my rant at this point in juncture. I'm going to give you my pedigree. I'm going to officially welcome you to NLP Power slash All Things San Diego. Tonight's topic is Secrets of Personal Transformation, Laws of Attraction. Um, tonight we're going to focus specifically on David's approach, the world according to David, as we like to say, on how we manifest, how do we develop and create a nervous system that can actually uh, set and achieve goals, or if you're not into goals, create a direction in your life that draws things into you. Okay, um, my particular pedigree and, and uh, approach to the law of attraction may match yours. You may see areas where uh, there's definite confirmation of what you already know and believe, but you may see you may experience some places where we kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Here's the thing I want you to get: you don't have to believe anything I'm telling you. You just have to have fun, be playful, follow the instructions, and do it. Okay. The only thing you need to do is remember what it was like to be a little kid. How many people here have ever been a little kid? Oh, goody, goody, goody. How many people, when you were a little kid, played pretend? Okay. Now, there's always some smart guy in the back of there going, no, I didn't play pretend. I did mathematical calculations. I played with computational models. Right? Here's the secret. Everything you're going to work with, whether it's meditation, self-hypnosis, NLP, law of attraction, energetics, all have one thing in common, altered states of consciousness. If you can't alter your state of consciousness, you can't change the vibrational frequency at which you vibrate. If you can't change the frequency at which you vibrate, you can't access the law of attraction because that's what it is. Is it not? Law of attraction. How many of you here have a definition for the law of attraction? What's your definition, sir? Uh, whatever you think about and put energy into is what tends to come towards you. Bam, bada, bing. What's your definition of the law of attraction? Ditto. 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 Okay. <laughs> How about you? Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Anybody have anything different? What you think you become. What you think you become. Okay. Anything else? This means yes. This means no. There will be a test. Okay. True enough to be true. Here's the problem again. Going back to that whole idea of beliefs. The law of attraction, as I understand it, you said you were not coming. You lied to me. Okay. The prodigal daughter returned. Just like we talked about beliefs a few moments ago, you have two kinds of beliefs. Beliefs you consciously know about and beliefs you unconsciously know about. The law of attraction, the way most people teach it to you, which is why it doesn't work, is they tell you you will attract things into your life that are in harmony, that are at the same vibrational rate and frequency as your dominant thoughts. That's the problem. What the hell are your dominant thoughts? Do you know? Because if you think the dominant thoughts, your dominant thoughts are the ones you're having right now, uh-uh. Your dominant thoughts are the beliefs and the feelings and the experiences that are playing automatically below the threshold of conscious awareness all the frickin' time. Okay? They're the beliefs held at the unconscious level. Those are your dominant thoughts. Everything you're consciously aware of is filtered, deleted, and distorted and really, really massaged 
to conform to the beliefs you have below the threshold of your conscious mind. Everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that we smell, that we taste, that we feel, is an interpretation. Now that's got all, there's a lot of meat there, okay? We're not going to get too deep into it, but I want you to understand that the reality you think you live in isn't real. It's a movie in 3D that your nervous system has created. Literally, we live in a universe that is nothing but vibration and frequency. Okay? There's an old saying, for those of you who are into Buddhism or anything like that, if a tree falls in the woods and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make any sound? Anybody have an answer? Yeah. That's somebody trying desperately not to be wrong. <laughs> the answer is no. Okay, I'll go with that. Except I've never seen a tree with ears. The trick is in the languaging. Does it make any sound? You can't hear what you can't feel. Sound, as we experience it, is an interpretation of a vibration. That's all it is. So when a tree falls in the woods, does it create movement? Does it create vibration? Yes. But does it create any sound if there's no one there to hear it? No. Because it's an interpretation of vibrational information that has come in through one of your five senses. It is parsed by your nervous system, and then it's reconstructed into something we can understand. We call it sound. If you ever heard me sing in the shower, you'd wonder why I ever got the pleasure place, but that either as it may. So, in a nutshell, this is your face. Well, this is my own, this is my Homer Simpson face. Right? You have ears, you have a nose, you have a mouth, you have eyes, right? Vibration comes in. Vibration comes in. And then the different parts of your brain create a visual representation. Keyword, representation. It creates an auditory representation. Gustatory, olfactory, kinesthetic. And then it puts it all together into a really cool movie. But before it becomes, this is, okay, this is all before you become conscious of it. Now, once all that information is accumulated, it goes through a second set of filters. Your values, your history, your beliefs, your meta programs, to use NLP speak. A meta program, for our intents and purposes, is what your nervous system uses to give priority to certain types of information. We'll talk about those later, okay? Real easy way to kind of understand all of this stuff is this is the way the world is. Got it? This is the way we think it should be. So raw data goes through all these filters and then onto the screen in your mind 
a movie gets played that has information that has been massaged, removed, generalized, to conform, to conform with this. And so you only see, you only hear, you only feel, you only taste and you only smell what was already there to begin with. That's how it works. So we think we know what reality is. We don't. But then the question comes, okay, well, if that's how it works, what do we do about it? Well, the best part is, is you're walking around in the world's most powerful information processing system ever. Time, by the way, is also a filter. Everybody talks about manifesting. But you hear physicists say that everything that's ever been, everything that ever will be, everything that ever could possibly be is already here. Well, where the hell is it? It's here. It's outside of your awareness because you're not tuned to it. It doesn't match your frequency. The way you change your frequency is to change these. When you change these, you fine-tune the instrument and you tap in to information that was already there. You tap into events, situations, circumstances that move you in a different direction because they all already exist. You just got to find the off-ramp. Does that make sense? <clears throat> but again, how do we do this? How do we even begin this process? I'm going to give it to you. It's called point-and-click therapy. <laughs> Point to where you feel it. Nobody is in this room, even whether it's something you want to get rid of, something you want to get more of. Nobody's in this room because of a voice in their head, although you have them. And if you keep wondering about voices in your head, it's the voice that just said what voice? <laughs> Nobody's here because of a picture in their head, although you have them. But I guarantee you, every single one of you is here because when that picture appears or when that voice speaks, there's a feeling in your body you want to get rid of or you want to change in some way. Would that be true? Yes. That's the secret, ladies and gentlemen. The majesty, the magic of the system is that if you can point to where you feel it, you can change it. Because you're already walking around the world's largest holographic computer ever designed, short of the universe itself. You see, the feelings in our body are, you ever hear what a node is? It's a physics term. You guys know what a, think of a big freaking crossroads where all these different on-ramps and off-ramps come together. The feeling locations in your body is the node where all of this holographic vibrational data manifests. When you get feelings in your body, you have two kinds of feelings. Feelings you're conscious of and feelings you're unconscious of. It's the feelings you're unconscious of that change your perceptual filters. How many people here have ever seen a show called Lie to Me? If you haven't, go out and run every, every season. Okay? That show uh, starred Tim Roth, who got progressively more psychotic as the series went on, which is kind of Tim Roth's thing. But it was based on this idea of emotions showing in body language, emotions showing in voice tonality, emotions manifesting unconsciously, driving our bus. Now, the consultant for that show was a man named Paul Ekman. Paul Ekman is the world's leading authority on emotions and facial recognition, or facial cues, body language. 
the book in, in, in specific that you might want to reference is called Emotions Revealed. Now, how does body language even remotely relate to this? Perception and belief. In hypnosis, I'll give you my pedigree in a minute. I always forget. Yes? Paul Ackman, E-K-M-A-N. If you go to paulackman.com, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. You get everything. Start with telling lies and emotions revealed. They're the most user-friendly. Everything else after that gets really technical. Okay, But he was the consultant for the show Lie to Me. And there's a lot of good science there. But there, in, in his book, Emotions Revealed, Dr. Ekman reveals or uncovers a phenomenon within the human nervous system known as the emotional refractory period. The emotional refractory period is a behavior that your nervous system does. How many people here have ever been really pissed off? Okay, look at her when you do that, because I don't want to. <laughs> Everybody say hello to Teresa. She's our brand new assistant. Hi, Teresa. And my lovely office manager and, and uh, goddess of all things administrative, Candy Fogarty, manning the camera back there. Go, Candy. Yeah. I couldn't tie my shoes without Candy. Means I have to pay her more. Damn it. Okay. Um, so, you ever been in an argument with somebody? You ever had the wonderful sensation of being in an argument with somebody? You have this knockdown, drag out fight. You resolve your issues. And then for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes later, everything you say pisses them off again. Ever have that happen? Why does that happen? It's because when your body goes through an emotional shift, it's like a little life form. It's called the emotional refractory period. And what happens is your perceptual filters, the way you make sense of the world changes the priority of information that you give to yourself changes so that you only focus on the aspects of the environment, the interaction, or the context that reinforce or re-trigger the state you're already in. So if you get pissed off at somebody, for as long as your refractory period lasts, everything in your environment is biased. Your nervous system will only will give priority to the things that will cause you to get angry all over again or keep you angry. Okay? If you're happy, same thing. It's a cross-contextual filter to your perceptions. Your perceptions modulate your beliefs. Your beliefs modulate your perceptions. It's a feedback loop. But it's all mediated by your emotions and your physical feelings. If you change how you feel, you change what you reveal. Okay? It's that simple. I could give you all the science and all that cool stuff, but screw that. We'll just play and have fun. Right? All right. So, questions on this? Everybody's like... When you're in the emotional refractory period where you're becoming hyper-focused on all the things that pertain to whatever mm-hmm. got you emotionally charged... Is there anything that you can do to move? Because like you can consciously think. Consciousness won't help you. Like going away, but just your logical, your logical, rational brain yeah. won't help you. In fact, it'll burn up your willpower faster. Can but you move your body. Yes, we're going to get into that. We're going to we're going to talk about practical stuff in the world according to David. If I can't use it and I can't use it in the next five minutes, I don't have patience for it. Okay? <laughs> I have rapid change personality disorder. <laughs> if you haven't had much sleep or something like that, I know it has a big 
Mm -hmm. If you want, what you're referring to is willpower. And the book you want to reference for that information is called Willpower by Roy Baumeister. Yes, sir. How long does this period last? It varies from person to person, but I would say around 10 to 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, and the reason I can say that is because I do this weird martial art called Kyushu Jitsu, which is the art of vital point attacking and striking. And so I know if I walk over to TJ and I bash him on his large intestine point here, he's going to get a really big ouchie. His nervous system is going to light up like a Christmas tree. And over the course of 20 minutes, that nerve is gradually going to reset itself. Now, here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes we get angry, and we just keep getting angrier. Have we ever had that happen? Yeah. You ever wonder why? Uh, for me, anger and assertion are often inseparable. Okay. And that's actually very common. Most people, a lot of people can't assert until they get angry, until they build up enough adrenaline to overrun or overcome that buffer that they have. We'll show you how to fix that. Okay? We're going to try and cover as much. Again, if, if this is the scope of everything we could play with, I'm going to, we have time for like this, right? But I promise I will take you as far as I can in the time we have, and I'll show you where to go to get more if you want to follow it up. Okay? We're going to play with, this is, this is what's going on, and there's not a lot without a, a lot of time learning NLP and hypnotherapy that you're going to do to change a lot of this, except for what I'm going to teach you tonight. <laughs> At the end of the day, remember, if there's a feeling and you can point to it, you can change it. You don't have to believe it. You just have to do it with three ingredients. You got to be playful. You got to be focused. And you got to be absorbed. Like when you were a little kid playing pretend. If you can do that, you can make any change you want. It's only a question of degree. Okay, so um, back to your question. Did I answer? Whose question did I not answer? Because I was in the middle of answering one and I got sidetracked with another one. What was your question again? Uh, uh, tired. Yeah, when we talk about uh, willpower, this whole idea of willpower, it's a myth. And, and I say that kind of out of this, you know, with a, with a smirk. The reason that we sit, you know, in hypnosis, NLP, uh, we talk about this idea that you can't make people do things against their will. Well, yeah, you can. Because most people have no real willpower to speak of. Right? It, it's more true that you can't make people do things they don't want to do. Right? Of course, you can always find ways to make them want to do it, too. Right? Now, don't let that, don't let that terrify you and think, oh, my God, they're all out to get me. Just everybody outside this room is out to get you. I'm your friend. So, um, but one of the things we need to understand is that one of the problems with willpower is that it's a finite resource. You think of willpower and this idea of willpower as having actually a physical component. That component being the equivalent of blood sugar, glucose specifically, and sleep. Just like you got a, you know, you may be driving around in a Prius, you may be driving around in a Humvee, right? But you all have a gas tank. And when the gas tank's empty, there's nothing left, right? Whenever we exert control over our emotions, we burn up units of willpower. We burn up the gas in the tank. So as long as we're rested, 
and well-fed, we have lots of willpower. We, can, we have resources to do very complex intellectual thinking, although our nervous system doesn't like it, by the way. That's why you tend to check out in boring lectures or intense calculus, right? Because your brain has the same response to intense, deep-level uh, analytical thinking as it does to pain. The studies show this. They took a bunch of sophomores because they can't. There are certain things they just can't get white rats to do, no matter how much beer you buy them. Um, you know what? We just need to lighten the fuck up. Everybody, stand up. It's time to get silly. I want you to look around the room. Notice how many people are here. I want you to walk over to somebody, stick out your hand, shake their hand, look them in the eye, and go. <laughs> Find somebody else. Stick out your hand. Go. <laughs> Keep going. Get good at it. Damn it. All right. When you're done, have a seat. Product placement. All right. Now, I've just proven what I just told you, that you can, in fact, make people do something they don't want to do. <laughs> you just have to set the context. Change the context. You change the identity of the person. Change the identity of the person. You change the behaviors and the results they generate. You are not one person. You are many. Okay? Now, that's another tangent for another day. Um, I don't want to do this, but I have to. My name is David Snyder, in case you were wondering. And my specialty, I'm a certified instructor, master practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming. I'm certified as a trainer in the system under the founder, Dr. Richard Bandler. I'm a certified master hypnotist and hypnosis trainer. I've authored over 15 different products on the fields of human influence, ranging from conversational hypnosis, hypnotherapy, uh, attraction and relationships, yada, yada, sex, advanced sexual skills, you name it, and it's in there somewhere. It's like ragu, right? I'm also a licensed acupuncturist with a master's degree in acupuncture and oriental medicine. I'm a certified Reiki healer and master teacher. I've been a Reiki master since before Reiki was cool. Back in the 90s, right? Uh, I've also studied Kabbalah. Uh, I've been studying Kabbalah since the 90s as well, before Madonna even heard of Kabbalah. So I'm very much a prima donna. You'll get that in a minute. Uh, I'm a certified pranic psychotherapist and pranic healer, advanced DNA theta healer. I do many forms of Qigong. I was at one time the uh, president of the American Association of Remote Viewing back in another life in Florida. Um, and my specialty clinic, I run a clinic in Solana Beach with my, my lovely partner and wife, Dr. Don Liu, where I specialize in treating acute and chronic illness that has as its root repressed emotion. I don't, you know, I don't get weight loss, although we're starting to get some of those now. I got my first smoking cessation patient. I was happy about that. She had one session, stopped smoking, I hadn't smoked for three weeks. I'm happy about that. Give her a big round of applause. Hi, Sandra. Right. Um, but I don't get the usual stuff. I get everything from tumors, pain that comes out of nowhere and doesn't have any logical cause, diseases of every kind. People from all over the world come in because they're out of touch with this. And the unconscious mind is desperately trying to send a message through the body. But because there's all these different filters and firewalls in place, they look everywhere but inside until they've been to the doctor the chiropractor, the acupuncturist, the clergyman, the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the Ayurveda. And because they, they can't find which doctor in the phone book, they come to me. 
right? And so the people who, who most of the time come into my room have, have been to everybody else first, and nothing has worked. Why? They're looking in the wrong place. And it's not that those, there's something wrong with those disciplines. They all work. They all work. The problem with a lot of them is that they're, they come from a reductionist model of medicine. They come from a reductionist model. Even the holistic ones come from a reductionist model of how this system works. If you have a problem with your muscles, you're going to go see a chiropractor or you're going to go see a massage therapist or a tween person or, or whatever. And they're going to fix that. And you might get some kind of emotional fix there, but usually not. If you have a tumor, you're going to go see a chiropractor, or not a chiropractor, but a, a surgeon, an allopath, and they're going to use medicines, right? And if they can't help you, they're going to send you to the psychiatrist who's going to try and treat your brain. Because obviously, if it's not, med- it's not physical, it's nothing they can cut out or it keeps coming back, it must be in your mind, right? The problem is that all of these disciplines work, but they work in a very simple, single modality. Even the holistic ones tend to focus on one or two areas, right? The challenge is, is that our nervous system isn't designed that way. Our nervous system is the world's most powerful, complex, and sophisticated, holographic, fractal, information processing system that has ever existed. Which means it's designed to work synergistically with all of the parts of the nervous system working at the same time. The more parts you remove from the equation, the longer it takes and the harder you have to work. Does that make sense? Okay, we're going to play with that. You're going to learn about it today. You're going to have something you can actually go home and start knocking shit out. Because you've, how many people have seen some of my YouTube videos? Have you seen those? If you haven't, go to my YouTube channel, davidsnyderyoutube.com, and just start watching the Secrets of Personal Transformation videos, which are these meetups. And you will see people changing like that. Some of you will change tonight like that, I promise you, if not all of you. But I can always tell who will change and who won't. Because I will ask you to do something. I will give you instructions. And a large percentage of the room will go, and they'll start doing it. I'll say, stand up, and you'll stand up. I'll say, point to where you feel it, and they'll point to where they feel it. I'll say, notice the color, and they'll say, oh, there's a color there, and take it out and hold it in your hand, and the rest of them will go. Or they'll just hunker down. That's what's holding you back. It's not how smart you are. It's not how hypnotizable or suggestible you are. The fact that you're a human being with a pulse and a nervous system, and you had a childhood means you have everything you need to be successful. You just have to wash, rinse, and repeat. Now, there is a part of you that will try to keep you from changing. That's called your conscious mind. Remember that little film I showed you that the, once all this information comes in and then it's floated through the way the world's supposed to be? That creates a filter known as your critical factor. And so what it does is it's that little refractory period. It's moving through the world looking for everything that matches what's already in there. If it matches, it lets the information in. If it doesn't match, it ignores it just like your emotional refractory period. That's the loop. It's the same behavior. How do we change it? We gotta bypass it, or we gotta turn it off or send it out for pizza. Or use it differently, which is what we're gonna do tonight. You're actually gonna use your conscious mind tonight within a process that allows it to become useful. You're gonna engage in what Richard Bandler likes to call superior thinking. We're going to learn about you. So, first thing we need to understand is the most powerful change engine in the universe is your, is your body. Everybody stand up once again. Now, 
How many people here can feel good for no friggin' reason? Okay. How many people here would like to feel ridiculously good on demand? How many people here would like to never have anybody be able to push your buttons ever again? Would that be nice? All right. So another resource for you to check out. Power Postures by Amy Cuddy. TED Talk, worth its weight in gold. What Amy discovered was that when you assume certain physiologies, by the way, I've been teaching this since before 2005. Amy's a little bit later. That's okay. She actually had the budget to research it. I've just been doing it. Your brain, your physiology, for all intents and purposes, controls your psychology. Now, I know that's actually the inverse of what most of us are taught. We're taught that our mind controls our body. Well, only if your mind is trained. Most of you aren't. Okay? When I say, when I talk about this willpower thing, unless you've engaged in some kind of very high-level competitive sport or paramilitary training or something that were, where you are required to keep your head in high-stress, highly fluid, dynamic environments, you don't have a lot of willpower outside of certain parameters. Because the higher your level of neurological arousal, the faster you burn up blood sugar, the faster you lose willpower units. However, that's if you're trying to control your state, which is what we're talking about now, your psycho-emotional, physical state. If you try to control it through your willpower, you're fighting a losing battle. Because as soon as the tank is empty, it goes away. As soon as a certain, your, your nervous system reaches a certain level of arousal in any direction, the critical factor is overrun, it goes to Maui. And the unconscious mind takes over, and your reptile brain or your limbic brain comes out, and you default to pre-programmed, hedonistic, animal behaviors. That's how it works. So even though willpower is important, we pride ourselves on having willpower. Anybody here know who Emil Phillips is? Okay. Emil Phillips was a, uh, had a, was a comedian who, who shone a little bit brightly, I think it was in the 80s, and he had this one saying that I, I think was really cool. He'd go, you know, I used to think that the brain was the most amazing organ in the body. And then I realized, look who's telling me that. <laughs> it's true enough to be true. You see, you have three brains. You have your reptile brain, which is your paleocortex. That's the one that's running the meat, guys. It's the oldest, most powerful part of you. Okay? And it doesn't care about good or evil. It doesn't care about right or wrong. It cares about, can I eat it? Can I mate with it? Or do I need to kill it? Right? That's And with, with subtler distinctions, but that's pretty much it's the seat of your primal drives, which is the seat of every behavior you engage in. Then it wraps these emotions around it to get you to take action on it. And then it creates a rationalization to justify acting on it. It tweaks your reality. It tweaks these to justify doing what you want to do with the deepest root of your body anyway. Now, our job here isn't to vilify any part of you. Our job here is to understand what each of these parts do so we can manage them synergistically. You are not going to get rid of your reptile brain. Okay? It's proven that it's going to last. So you might as well make friends with it. Because when you do, you have power. Real power. When you fight against it, when you vilify it, when you make it the enemy, that's when shit. Stand up, young man. <laughs> when you vilify it, that's when you have problems. Okay? How does this all work? It's about your body. So the first thing we need to understand is your physiology. For any psycho-emotional state that you have, you have a physiology and a breathing posture that creates it. So I want you to think of a time in your life, I'm going to give you very specific parameters, 
where you saw something you really wanted. You had a real uh, lusting feeling in there that you really just wanted it. Anybody, have, anybody not have the, if not, I'll give you one. Okay, raise your hands. Nobody wants to admit that, right? You don't have something you wanted? You never had something you wanted. Am I communicating clearly? All right, now, you have something you wanted. You decided you were going to get it no matter what. You made a plan. You put that plan into action, and you nailed it. It may be as simple as just learning to walk and making it across the freaking room. I don't care, as long as it has those attributes, those qualities, those parameters. As you think about that, as you remember that feeling in your body, point to where you feel it. Notice you're all pointing in different places. That's okay. Now, close your eyes. With the other hand, I want you to imagine that there's a picture floating in the space around you that represents that experience. Reach out and touch it. Now, with both of your hands, trace the edges of the picture so you know exactly how big it is. Now, grab the edges of it. I'm going to ask you a couple questions about that picture. Just answer the questions in your head, but go with your first impressions. Is the picture in color or black and white? Is it moving or still? Is there any sound? Are you seeing yourself in the picture, or are you seeing it as if it's through your own eyes? Okay, first thing I want you to do is if you're seeing it, if you see yourself in the picture, see it through your own eyes. Notice what happens to the feelings in your body. Turn up the sound. Notice what happens to the feelings in your body. If, there, if it's a still picture, make it move. Make it into a movie. Notice what happens to the feelings in your body. Now, grab the edges of that picture. And all I want you to do, just like you would open the window on your iPhone or on your iMac, I want you to make it as big as an IMAX movie theater screen. Notice what happens to the feeling. TJ, what happened to the feeling? Right Holly, what happened to the feeling? Bigger. Bigger, yeah, bigger is better, baby. Leonid, what happened to the feeling? Yeah, biggest, baby. Excellent. Now, just for grins and giggles, bring it back to its original size. Now, without changing the size of it, all I want you to do is pull it closer to your body. Notice what happens to the feeling. What's your name, sir? Argel. Argel. What happened? I got, it got better. It got better. Ooh. What happened to yours? Yeah, it got better. It got better, didn't it? I wonder how that works. Everybody, grab that picture once again. Lift it up over your head. Get used to this posture. <laughs> this is a secret to everything. But now what I want you to do is I want you to grab that picture and I want you to pull it down and wrap it around you like a big blanket. Notice what happens to the feeling now. Is it Steve or Michael? Mike. Michael, what happened to the feeling? He's, he's a happy camper over here. Travis, what happened, brother? I'm in the picture. You're in the picture. How's the feeling? It's great. Stronger or less stronger? Stronger. Perfect. Excellent. Now, you can have this back later, but for the moment, unwrap the picture, lift it back up. Now, remember, you can have this back in just a moment, but for the drill, take that picture. Imagine you could throw it all the way behind you, back behind the horizon. Notice what happens to the feeling. Arja, what happened to the feeling, brother? It's not there. It's not there. Michael, what happened to the feeling? It's residual. <laughs> he doesn't want to give it up. What's your name? Sona. Sona. What, what happened to the feeling? It's still there. And you didn't throw it far enough. <laughs> they never want to see. They don't believe they can get it back. 
Dorina, what happened to the feeling? It's not there, but I'm still okay. I'm still okay. <laughs> She's been through a few of our meetups. Everybody, lift your hands up. Imagine you have big suction cups in your palms of your hands. Suck it back. Now put it where it will do you the most good, where it feels the best for you, and just let it soak in. When you know you've got it, try to remove it and notice what happens instead. <clears throat> Good. Congratulations. You just learned how to interface with your entire nervous system simultaneously. You didn't need complex theory to do it, did you? Now, that's just a small part of what you can do with that. But it's the beginning, and it's a very powerful one. Next thing we're going to do is I want you to let those feelings come flooding back into your body. I want you to stand the way you were standing at the moment you realized you nailed it. At the moment you realized, home run, baby. I want you to stand in that posture, breathe the way you were breathing. If there was a sound or a voice in your head going, yeah, let it play. And just let those feelings just come flooding back. While holding this physical posture, this physical breathing rate, without changing any single thing, try to feel bad. Notice you can't do it. Because your physiology controls your psychology. For every psycho-emotional state you experience, there is a physiology that your nervous system must assume in order to manifest it. If you break the cycle through your physiology, it doesn't matter what your willpower wants to do. You will overwrite the state. You will break it and you will change it in as little as two minutes. We're going to prove that even more. For this part, I want you to turn and face that wall. Don't look at Candy. She's my camera person. I don't want you angry at anything at her. All right. Now, think about what you had for breakfast yesterday. And what I want you to do now is I want you to imagine time or remember a time in your life where you saw something you wanted and you went for it. It didn't quite work out. Maybe you were disappointed. Maybe it was something you really wanted and it didn't work out. I want you to see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. But most importantly, I want you to assume the physiology, the posture, the breathing rate that you did when you realized you weren't going to get it. It wasn't going to happen. Now, when you know you've got, we're not going to stay here too long because it sucks, I know. Suck being a technical term, I haven't come up with a cool acronym for it yet. All I want you to do now, while holding that physiology, while holding that breathing pattern, without changing anything, try to feel good. Huh? It's difficult to feel good. Like I know that. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do your best to hold on to that negative feeling, but all I want you to do now is shift your body back to the positive physiology. And notice what happens within a few seconds. And then just let the feeling just come flooding back because you know you want to anyway. And when you know you got it, double it. Double it again. Double it again. Turn face forward. Have a seat. 
How do you pronounce your name again, Miss? Soraya? Sona. So now, what'd you discover? What'd you learn? I learned I can control my mind. You learned you can control your mind? Yeah. How? So if I know that there's this feeling that is overcoming my present state of mind and I'm like emotionally drawn towards feeling bad, let's start thinking about things that make you feel successful and proud of your own self. So when you told me to you know, think about your good place, so I thought about the best thing that had happened to me and I was so proud of myself mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. I just turned everything around. Okay. So what did you do with your body? Oh yeah, that helps. See, that's, your, that's, your that's what I was going for, yeah. right? The whole idea is I didn't ask you what you were thinking. I didn't try to change the story. What happened when you changed your physiology, when you changed your posture? What happened to your feelings? Um, it's hard to dwell on the... It's, it's like, it makes it difficult to dwell on the problem. You mean when you, so, and again, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but let me say... So when you were, when you were doing the negative feeling and you shifted to the positive physiology, the positive breathing, the positive posture. Yeah. It was difficult to hold on to the old stuff? Yeah, it was harder to dwell on the stuff I was thinking in the negative part. How fast did that happen? That was pretty fast. <laughs> it just happened almost instantly. Yeah. This is the difference between trying to control your states and your emotions through your conscious mind versus your body. Your body generates the amplitude that changes everything quickly. Okay, so what you've learned in the last 15 minutes is how to change how you feel in any situation or circumstance to exactly what you want to feel. Now there is a couple of parameters that you have to you have to abide by. How many people noticed? Now I didn't we didn't do this one as much as I normally do, but how many people noticed that when you were having these states kind of at war with each other? You know, when you were trying to go from you know, holding the, the negative physiology and going to the positive state. Or when you were holding the, the positive physiology trying to go negative. How many people noticed your body wanted to change? Anybody notice that your body just, you, when, this, when you started to try and access those, those feelings, your body wanted to, wanted to do something different? That's what you have to be conscious of. When Amy did her research, she found out that if you assume certain physiologies, your emotional, your, your endocrine system, your, your, your hormonal state will change in two minutes or less. The window was really two minutes. And what she discovered is called power poses because she had uh, people assuming victory poses and holding them for two minutes and more. And what she noticed was that when you held these physiologies, you had a 25% bump in testosterone in as little as two minutes. Now, for those of you who have ever suffered from low testosterone, that's huge, right? Now, for you ladies who are going, well, I'm female. What do I need testosterone for? Just about everything. Testosterone is the achievement hormone. Okay? Empathy, or estrogen, is the empathy hormone. And they are antagonists, even though they're a couple of molecules apart. All right? So the more estrogen you have, the more of a doormat you become. The more testosterone that you have, the more of a dickhead you become. <laughs> and regardless of what plumbing you have, that's kind of how it works. So the whole idea isn't, is testosterone better than estrogen? No. It's what's appropriate to the situation. And that's one of the things that NLP teaches us. There's no such thing, ladies and gentlemen, as a good behavior or bad behavior. There's no such thing as a bad belief or a good belief. The question becomes, is it appropriate to the situation or circumstance? Is it making your life better? Is it getting you what you want? The rule is, 
If the answer to any of those questions is no, change it. Because you have the authority to do it. You have permission. It's your brain. It's your memory. It's your body. It's just nobody showed you how. And this goes back to this whole belief thing. See, we're, we're taught that our beliefs actually matter. And they do on one level. But we think that our beliefs are these big, impossible things to change. Like there's this huge iceberg in the middle of the Atlantic that we just, and we have this little like, pickaxe that we're just going to try to nibble at it. That's actually not true. That's your conscious mind creating a decision about a belief. And that's really what all, all, that's really all this beliefs really are at the most basic fundamental level. There are decisions about the way the world is that your nervous system made based on the information it had at the time. And it created that experience. NLP likes to call it an internal representation. But it, then when we say internal representation, that could be a belief. It could be a memory. It could be a, a, a symptom, for lack of a better word, a way you, the way you generate a behavior. Each and every one of these has an underlying structure that the nervous system reads to create that experience. If we understand that system, if we understand that code, then we can change the program. Now, you are not computers. You're going to use this word computer and program and all these things a lot. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of people like to say, well, people are just like computers. That's a lie. Who was here first? Computers. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> There's always one, right? But who was here first? Us. Damn straight. So are computers, are we like computers or computers are like us, just not as cool? Not nearly as advanced. Okay? Remember that. Huh? The movie Boolean? No, I haven't. I, I deal with humans every day. What do I need to see a movie about? <laughs> right? So the whole idea is that. When human beings create something, and this goes back to a much older science than the secret, as most of us are taught. It goes back to where the secret actually comes from, called the, the tabula smeragdina, or the, the, the principles of hermetics. It's been called the law of analogy. Patterns repeat at different levels of, of reality, a.k.a. different levels of experience, different levels of awareness. But it's the same patterns that repeat. And if you understand how to look for patterns, how to see the patterns at every level, the universe will reveal itself because it's not a universe of stories. Although we talk in stories, we communicate in stories. We live in a universe of vibration where patterns repeat. A repeating pattern, that's kind of like a rhythm, which is kind of like a frequency, right? Everything repeats at different levels of reality. You just have to ask the right questions. You have to have the right perspective to be able to become aware of these things. And the, the sage has taught us that if we learn how to see things in the microcosm, if we look at what the body does on a physics level, we can start to understand what's happening on a cosmic level. By the same token, if we look at what the universe does, the laws of physics do, we can start to understand what's happening inside of us. What we're doing consciously, unconsciously, neurologically, uh, hormonally. Patterns repeat at different levels of reality. Uh, you come here. I don't know this man, so I'm going to beat him up for you. <laughs> now, it's Michael, right? Yep. Okay. So Michael is a big, strong, bald guy who looks like he could body slam me. Right? He is an autonomous machine. Yes? Yep. If I push on Michael, he has resistance. 
Strong leg bull. <laughs> if I pull on Michael, he goes a little bit and then he stops, right? Because I'm a machine and he's a machine. Two machines fight, stronger machine wins. Probably not me, right? But if we understand that one of the principles of physics is this idea that frequencies seek to bond. They seek to entrain. Yes? If, for some mysterious reason, I can connect, I can bond with Michael. If I can, in some way, dissolve the barriers between Michael and David. So that we're not David and Michael anymore. We're Dykel. <laughs> if I can do that, then an interesting thing starts to happen. We're no longer two machines. We're one. So if I bend my knees, Michael's knees bend. If I bend over, Michael bends over. If I step, Michael steps. And he doesn't even think to resist me. That's fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> Give him a big round of applause. Two universes become one. As above, so below. Yes? Harmony, you mean Entrainment. All, molecular, all rhythmic sources seek entrainment at some level. It's that simple. It's the law of physics. Is he made of physical stuff? Are you made of physical stuff? Come up here. Is there any doubt that Carlos can body slam me? <laughs> He's a good man. Harmony. Harmony, that's right. But the interesting thing about Carlos is that just like everybody else, he's made of atoms. He's made of molecules. And as long as I try to move Carlos, he doesn't go anywhere. Right? But if I move me, even as big as he is, and he does look at the look at look, 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 look at his face. <laughs> right? If I pull on him, look. <laughs> right? But if, and he's trying now, he's trying really, really hard to not, not to, to give it up. And that's okay. <laughs> so he's I'll just wait. Because he can only maintain that for so long. <laughs> He's trying. He's good. <laughs> see him? You see him get soft? <laughs> I just got to change my polarity. You see, it, me it melts. You see it? All right. All right <laughs> see, I'm not trying to pull Carlos. If I do that, he resists. All right? But if we connect. <laughs> <laughs> the round of applause. So connection is the secret to everything. To everything. Okay. It's not about size. Not about strength. Yes. Um, so basically, you have find uh, the thing you want to attract to the frequency vibration, and the second step is create the same jetstick to the thing you want. Yes. The third thing. That's the law of attraction in a nutshell, isn't it? You attract. 
things that are in frequency or in the same vibrational tone as what you are, what you put out there, right? Well, that's all I did with Carlos. That's all I did with Michael. To do that, though, I have to get myself out of the way. I have to change my frequency to find his. When it happens, the nervous system goes, ah. In NLP, we would call that rapport. If we were studying other disciplines that are more physics-based, like hard math, we would call it coherence. But the moment I start thinking that I have to move Michael, or I have to move Carlos, it's a war. The strongest machine wins. That's willpower. Your willpower needs to guide you, not control you. It needs to guide the other resources that you have, not try to do everything itself. Your willpower, your conscious mind, is the least to know, or that is, the, is the last, is, um, how do I put this? The least informed and the last to know anything. But your body is aware of millions and millions and millions of bits of information every millisecond of every day. And it does it in a nonlinear fashion. That's how you work. And how do we make this make use of it? Understand the body. Most of us live lives from the neck up. We are blissfully disconnected from the meat. And we gotta get back in there. Because to the degree that you're divorced from the meat suit is the degree that you're out of control. We like to think we're in control because we don't feel things. We're rational. That's a lie. Big one. Okay? Questions on this? Yes. Talked about uh, controlling your hormones, and you can pump up the testosterone mm-hmm. and things like that. So, what about when you're feeling hormonally low? So, do you think, and there can be any reason, there can be your circumstances at work or at home and things that are bothering you. But do you think we need to, what strategy should we uh, use? Should we need to like nail down what's bothering us and then tackle it and then get it out of our lives and you know? Channel it out of our I have to be very careful how I answer this next time. Or we could just go to a Zumba class and use our body. You could. And just the pro- And that's it. usually, actually, so now that's almost always the best option is to go out and use your body. Get back into it. Find the discipline or an activity that allows you to get out of your head and back into the meat. Because that's where your power is. If you want to attract things using the law of vibration, you need two things besides an outcome. Okay? You need the frequency which most people, they can get the frequency through their vision boards or their, um, you know, whatever practices the law of attraction might give you. But if you don't have the amplitude, you don't have the juice, the push to the message, then it's going to take longer. And there's a lot of things that can bump you off course. Okay, so a lot of the change work that I do, a lot of the things that I teach people is about this idea, especially when I teach persuasion and influence. I'm known all over the world as one of the leading experts on conversational hypnosis. It's the last thing I teach my students. The first thing I teach them is how to use their bodies. How to literally do what I did with Carlos and what I did with Michael. Connect with the nervous system through their proprioception, through their mirror neurons, generate emotions within myself that transmit to the other person. Their perceptual filters and vibratory rates change, and they become predisposed to thinking, feeling, and behaving in the way I want them to so that they're more likely to go the direction I want on their own. Yes? So, will the connection portion, do you always 
No. However, connections take place. A connection's taking place. The problem is, is that there's no way to test it. So we start with things that we can test. If we if we have confidence that we can do this on a physical level, then we have when we have similar sensations over space, then we have much more confidence in the information we're generating. Yes. In what way, what kind of emotions did you generate with them? Whatever I felt was appropriate to the situation. Which, in this case, was? Oh, this? It was just a, an, an, an intense desire to connect, to just bond, which is what your nervous system is designed to do anyway. Anybody here know the term neuroplasticity? Who can tell me in, in very you know, short layman's terms, because I'm not that smart, uh, what is neuroplasticity? Uh, well, your brain adapts and changes to like given situations or you know whatever you're experiencing. Okay, change. Yes, sir. Oh, someone back here said something or no? Okay, yes. Ability to learn something. Ability to learn something. Okay. Any, any other definitions? Yes, sir. Oh, plastic means uh, pliable, and so neural means nerves or so pliable uh, nervous system mm-hmm. connections. Absolutely, connections. So. The nervous system seeks to change. It seeks to modify, to become more than it is. It does that through the process of laying down neurological connections. Literally and metaphorically, your brain's primary directive, and as well as the rest of your nervous system, is to connect with as many other nerves as possible in as many different ways. The more intricate and comprehensive those connections become, the more powerful the brain. Now think about this. If you're neurologically hardwired to do that at the pre-conscious level, at the generational, the, the developmental level, as above, so below, why do we always seek people like ourselves? Why do we always look for groups of like-minded people? The law of analogy. As above, so below. If our nervous system is seeking connection, then guess what? The meat suit as a whole is going to seek connection. When people come to me because of chronic illness or a block, it's because there's a part of them that's at war with another part to a greater or lesser degree. There's two parts that aren't connecting properly. If you can connect, everything you want is already out there. You understand that? That physics, quantum physics tells us this is true. Everything that has ever existed or will ever exist is already here. So why can't we get to it? It's the filters you have in your body, in your nervous system. Remove the filters, you change everything. See, enlightenment in the world according to David isn't a process about learning something new. It's about removing the filters that limit your perception of what's already here. Hence the term revealed, enlightened. Right? We don't create, we reveal. If you understand that, you start working with the system, you'll evolve on your own. You won't need me. Damn it. (laughs) But that's such as life. So how do we do that? We start with the body. We start with the understanding that everything that motivates a human being to take action towards something or away from something starts with a feeling. Now, that's actually not true. But the thing that actually causes us to act, all these processes happen the vibrations come in through all the different channels. They're interpreted, and a movie's created. 
that is then filtered through the way the world's supposed to be based on our experiences, our beliefs, our values, our upbringing, all that stuff. And now we have a, mo a map or a model of the way the world is supposed to be that we're, we're biased towards, that we will, we will sort for that information first. I lost myself in this. Hold on a second. Um, da, 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 da. How do we change it? All this happens, then we create a, there's a feeling that's generated in our body that is the sum total, the sum result of all of that. That feeling will come or will manifest in a part of your body. We call that your somatic address. Uh, you, come here. Me, you? Me, you? No, you, me. Come here. <laughs> You're all going to do this in a minute, but I just want to kind of show you how it is. Sit here. Now, is there anything um, on a shittiness scale of 0 to 10 you'd like to get rid of? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, point to where you feel it. My feet. Your feet? What's going on with your feet? I don't know. I hurt a little. A little? <laughs> scale of 0 to 10? Uh, well, you know what? Whenever I'm in one of your classes, the pain goes away. But um, usually through the day, like today, maybe like a 5. Like 5? Can you yeah. make it worse? Uh, if I run. Okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Close your eyes. Point to where you feel it. As you point to where you feel it, I want you to physically tilt your head, look down at that feeling. Notice there's a color connected to that feeling. What's the color, first impression? Yellow. Reach down, grab all that yellow energy, take it out, and hold it in your hands in front of you. Make sure you get it all, because sometimes that shit hides. You sure you got it all? See, I told you, it's shit hides. You got to ask. Got it? Yep. Okay, did the color change or stay the same? First impression. Changed. What did it change to? Red. Excellent. As you look at that red energy, I want you to notice it's moving. It's spinning in a certain direction. What direction is spinning? Physically grab it with both of your hands. Make it the opposite of what it was. Turn it so it's the opposite of what it was. Double the spin. Double the speed. Double the force. Double the magnitude. Keep doubling it over and over and over again until it takes on a life of its own. Until it's impossible for it to go back the way it was. When you know you've got it, slam it back into that spot. Notice the change. Notice it's gone. Now, as that process works its way deeper, your body's going to do weird things. You may feel tingling, heat. Some people break out in a sweat. Some people have emotions come up. However your nervous system does it, just let it. When it's done, try to bring the feeling back and notice what happens instead. I don't want to bring it back. <laughs> That's one of the responses you normally get. Scale of 0 to 10, rate the feelings? Oh, it's a 0. What? You're lying. Yeah. You're lying? No, no. no. <laughs> Why didn't you rate it more? It's not there. Oh. Try to bring it back. Notice what happens. Can't do it? Really don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's how you test it, by the way. Give her a big round of applause. Yes, sir. Motivation if we want to do something, but uh, the, actually, the key to motivation is actually removing the things that, that demotivate you. But here's the here's and but it will work for motivation, yes, it will. If I want to tomorrow wake up at six o'clock and start running, and I just scale back my very, very week. Let me ask you something if there was something that you really, really wanted, but you had to get up at six in the morning to do it, would you do it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, can you think of something that's that strong? Yeah. Okay. Then now you have all the resources you need. Okay. So, 
what just happened is, I, by the way, did I, I, I asked her what the pain was, right? And then we changed it, right? I don't need to know most of the time what the problem is, right? How many people have ever been little children? Okay. <laughs> All right. You said this all. I had, once upon a time, I did a meetup and I actually asked the group, how many people actually have a spine? And they were like, do I have a spine? Right? The secret to this is avoiding smart person syndrome. Now, what is smart person syndrome? Smart person syndrome, there's actually two varieties of, of it's not resistance, it's just a block to this process. And one is called smart person syndrome, the other is called uh, hypnotist disease. But you can only get hypnotist disease if you're already trained in hypnosis. Okay? It's one of those, you know, hypnotically communicable things. But it, it, they both manifest in a very similar way, and it's called lack of absorption in the process. What do I mean by that? When you were a little kid, how many people here when you were little kids played pretend? Raise your hands. Oh, good. We're getting better. Okay. How many people here did computational models and blew things up? <laughs> how many people fantasized about blowing things up? Did you play pretend when you were a little girl? So no. You didn't play. See, there's always one. Well, if you did play pretend, what would you play pretend at? Um, I don't know. Did you ever use your imagination? Yeah. Did you read lots of books? I would become a queen. A queen? Can you imagine what it would be like to be a queen? <laughs> we are not amused! Right? Okay. How about you, Travis? Did you play pretend as a little tyke? Oh, yeah. What did you play pretend at? Like an army man. Army man. Cool. How about you? What would you play pretend at? Swordsman. Swordsman. Yeah, baby. How about you? Barbie doll. Barbie dolls. Did your Barbie dolls talk to each other? Ah, we're good. How about you, brother? What did you play pretend at? Must have played, I must have pretended to be a commando. Cool. Did you actually go commando? Because that's really bad. I had like a little laser gun. Laser gun. Cool. What did you play at? Astronaut. Astronaut. How about you? Lion. Lion. Cool. How about you? Army man. A lot of army men in here. Any ladies play army? We had one lady like to be Batgirl. She was my hero. One woman was, one woman was Catwoman. I love that. Here's my point. Whether you were playing princess, and some people are girly girls. And how many how many girly girls do we have? You you were little. That's okay. What did you play at? What did you like? Uh, a unicorn. A unicorn. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like her already. So when you were a unicorn, did you talk to other unicorns? No. What did you do with, as a unicorn? unicorn? You were the only unicorn. <laughs> were you like the last one? Uh -huh. So who did you talk to as a unicorn? I'd make up like other animals. And did they talk back? Ah, cool. We're good. We need to up your meds. All right. So, <laughs> it's okay. It's in the Bible. Be as little children. It's a code. It's a code. Maybe using a whether we're playing girl, you know, whether we were girly girls or, or playing soldier or whatever. There's a part of you that when you were out in the backyard and you were playing as a little child. You picked up a stick. Maybe you're playing soldier, right? Or maybe you were a unicorn. You were frolicking, right? Or you were a princess. You were with your teacups, going, we are not amused, having tea and crumpets with Teddy. Got to be careful. The Brits will get me there in the room, okay? When you started the process, and you picked up that stick in the backyard, you knew it was just a stick, for the first five minutes. 
six and a half minutes later, it's a real M60, you're really Rambo, and there are real bad guys out there shooting at you. Right? When you're having, when you're being a unicorn and frolicking with the unicorns, you knew the first couple minutes you started playing the game, you weren't a real unicorn for the first five minutes. And then something happened. Now let me ask you a question. Were you asleep when you were playing? Oh. Were you really focused on what you were doing? <sighs> yes. Were you completely absorbed in that process? Were you having a ball? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can do that, you can have anything you want. It's that simple. But I'm afraid to. Well, that's okay. We'll fix that. Fear is just an interpretation. What are you afraid of? Not accomplishing it. Not accomplishing it. Point to where you feel it. Close your eyes. As you look at that feeling, I want you to notice there's a color connected to that feeling. What's the color, first impression? Black. That's right. Reach in, grab all that. By the way, is it okay to get rid of this? Hmm? Is it okay to get rid of this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reach in, grab all that black energy, take it out, hold it in your hands in front of you. Stand up. Make sure you get it all, because sometimes that shit hides. Make sure you get it. Keep pulling. That's right. I've had people pull for, I've had people pull for 20 minutes. I don't care. I'm relentless. You'll know when you have enough. Keep going. Okay, got it. Okay. As you look at it, did the color change or stay the same? First impression. It got a little grayer. A little grayer. Cool. As you look at it, I want you to notice something. Notice it's moving. It's spinning in a certain direction. What direction is it spinning? That's right. Grab it with both of your hands. Make it the opposite of what it was. Turn it in the opposite direction. Double the spin. Double the speed. Double the force. Double the magnitude. Keep doubling it over and over and over again until it takes on a life of its own. Until it's impossible for it to go back the way it was. When you know you've got it, slam it back into that spot. Notice the change. Notice it's gone. That's right. Just let it happen. Don't try to manage it. Don't try to analyze it. Don't try to accelerate it. As the new program works its way in, the body's going to do weird stuff like a snake shedding its skin. It's going to start to shed any program, any feeling, any event that's not in harmony with this new program. Just allow that process to happen. When you know it's done, try to bring the old feeling back. Notice what happens instead. Let it happen. It's all right. Let it come up. It's okay. That's why you're here. I'm getting emotional. That's right. Let the emotions come up. That's the shedding process. As it comes up, it comes out. As you reveal it, you, as you feel it, you reveal it. As you reveal it, you heal it. And I'm right here through the whole process. You're not alone. That's it. You're doing great. Just me and you, brother. Just let it happen. That's it. Been burying this shit a long time. Let the system do what it needs to do. Comes up, it comes out. When it's done, try to bring it back. Notice what happens instead. Oh, so it's getting better. Oh. 
Have a seat. Give them a big round of applause. <laughs> it's just data. Yes, sir. What if I feel like I do that too much? You do what too much? Uh, go back to being a child. Like Good I for you. <laughs> we don't go there enough. And when we go back, we don't do the right things. Because we confuse thinking with remembering. Okay? Now, what we just did was weird, didn't it? Yeah. He broke out into sweat, which is very common, right? Very good. Oh, it gets better. Because you're all going to do this. Right? Because if you have any, remember those icky feelings you were talking about, the ones you said you didn't have? The ones you're lying to me about? That's what's keeping you stuck. Those are the beliefs that you didn't know you had. Those are the beliefs locked in your body. They're the ones morphing your vibration so that when you try to do manifesting, it skews your frequency. Do you have to know what they are? It helps. But is it really necessary? No. Part of us always knows anyway. But there's a code. There's a structure to these experiences. There's a structure to these memories, these beliefs, these processes. And that structure is imprinted somewhere. And just like you can go into any program on your computer, if you know the language and you have the password, you can change that code. Because everything we create with technology is already in existence in us. It's just nobody taught us the language. The language of the nervous system is visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, gustatory, and all of the qualities and distinctions in those five categories. Everything means something to your nervous system. Everything is an instruction that tells your nervous system what to do. The best part is, if it's something that, if it's something that tells your nervous system what to do, that means it's a behavior. A behavior is just something you're doing. And you can always change what you're doing, can't you? Yes? So we were doing my LP thing. Mm-hmm. So after I came back and sat down, everything started percolating. So all these fears, I started recognizing, mm-hmm. oh, fear of moving forward, fear of this, fear mm-hmm. of that. It unwinds. So I keep going in and just pulling that out, yep. like, even if I don't think it's in my feet, just keep going. Yeah, it's never just in your feet. It just manifests there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should I just do one at a time? You could. Just, like, intentionally? Yeah. Can I just wing all of it and just go? You can try it. See what happens. Yeah. See, it's your playground. It's your playground. Your nervous system, you're the god of your universe. Or goddess. You have the authority, the right, and permission, and actually the responsibility to change your inner universe to influence your outer one. Because if you don't, somebody is more than happy to do it for you. Yes. Uh, if I'm hungry. Yes. Uh, can I reduce my level of hungriness? Yes. By doing this. Yes. Do it all the time. Everything. Guys, I've cured heroin addictions with this. I've shrunk tumors. I've reversed herpes outbreaks. I've restored nerve function. The nervous system doesn't care what the information is. It just cares about how it's coded. If you understand the code and how to, how to 
to, to discern, how to, to extract it, then you know how to change it. Does that make sense? Okay. It is quarter after eight. Yes? Okay. So a couple of things. We're going to take a break for 15 minutes. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of how to do this. We're going to make a few things that we want to change, and we're going to zap them. Okay? Then if, I have, if we have time, I'll do a few, uh, well, let's just call them benedictions. <laughs> we'll guide you through some processes that we can install these things deeply into your mind and body so that you can go out and start rewriting your life. Okay? Is that practical enough? Yes. By the way, was that fast or slow? That change. Fast. That's pretty fucking fast. How long do you have that feeling for? The feeling? How long have had before that? How? Decades. Decades. That's the depressing part. Yeah. Is like we have this thing for years and years and years, and then someone like some asshole like me comes along and zap. <laughs> and we feel like a fucking idiot. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that for Mike, but I've actually had that happen with people that who are trained in neurolinguistics and things like that, who have a little bit of a different. Uh, perspective on the on these these systems than I do um, and like I, I run them through a process that they've been struggling even they're trained they've been struggling with for 20 years and it's gone in two minutes and they get depressed All right and I go look it took us 5,000 years or more to figure out how to take a problem away in two minutes don't beat yourself up All right you didn't you, you can't be held well in legal terms, you can be. You can, you're held responsible for everything you know or don't know. It's what you do with it. But the point is, is that beating yourself up is a pointless process. It's, it's, it doesn't serve you anyway. Be grateful. Because think of how many people out there will never know this. And you do. And what you can do with it. Yes? It's not, it's not relevant now, but let's say it's an answer to what love that uh, somebody is like, I've suffered for a very long time. Yeah, as long as you can, A, be playful with it, be fully absorbed, and play pretend. If you can do that, if you can get your self-consciousness out of the way and stop worrying about feeling silly, because when you were a kid, you didn't feel silly playing like Unicorn, did you? That was a learned response. Somebody taught that to you. Find them. Okay, one more. You can increase your energy. I can, I can change just about anything. As long as the person can follow the instructions with full absorption and focus, they can get pretty much any change they want. And you can, don't believe it. Don't believe me. You don't have to believe it. You don't. If, if, if the change work that I did relied on somebody believing it, 80% of my students would fail. Because the people walking in my door have failed with everybody else. There's really, they're desperate. They're starting to believe that nobody can help them because nobody's been able to help them. My stuff has to rely on something other than belief. And it does, something much more reliable, the laws of physics. Yes, sir? I manifest things quite easily. The problem I continually run into is unexpected results. Unexpected results? Yes. I've been a millionaire three times mm -hmm. in different fields, and I'm now broke again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And something that I want to get from you is how I can manifest these things and keep the things that I've created and enjoy. Okay. I've had illegal government seizures, problems with uh, improper police conduct, and this is a recurring theme. Okay. What's the I've, commonality in all these? Uh, it seems to be revenge because I've quit their game, and so okay. they take my toys. They take your toys. 
Okay, the common denominator, by the way, is you, which means there's a filter in place that's sorting for those kind of experiences and events. All we do is change the filter. Now, I make that sound dramatically easy, and on one level it is. Okay? Um, if I have time, we'll go through that process for you so you guys can actually understand uh, how to extract lessons from experiences. There's, there's times when the system will actually resist change because the system is designed to do several things. A, it's designed to make your external world conform to your inner one. But at a much more primal level, it's designed to keep you safe. Now, at the, at the, at the level of the nervous system, what's safe is equivalent to what's familiar. What it's used to, what was there first. And that's a distinction we need to understand. The nervous system sorts for what's familiar. Not what feels good, although you have that part of you. It sorts for what's familiar. So if at some point there was a lesson that was derived from an experience that your unconscious mind is seeking to retain, it will keep generating, A, it will keep generating the same experiences over and over again until you learn something. That's a karmic thing. But many times also it will resist change because when the unconscious mind creates these internal representations of experience, it's not all neatly sorted. It's all like a big soup together. And so if I try to get rid of the emotions and the feelings without extracting that one lesson that you learned that's designed to keep you safe, then the system will resist letting it go. Because it's afraid if it lets the lesson go, it'll happen again. So we need to give the nervous system an alternate process. A process that allows it to extract that one piece that needs to be kept so it can let the rest go. When you do that, change happens rapidly. Because that's the only problem. I've seen people, literally, I've seen people systematically remove an experience and rebuild it. Because they needed it for something. It's weird watching their eyes just flash all over the place. When you're a neurolinguistic, when you're a neurolinguistic programmer, people look very different to you. Okay, they're you know they're amazing people. They're amazing creatures. You're all amazing. If you could see yourselves the way I see you, you'd run screaming. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're all you're all magical. You're magical creatures, but you've been brainwashed, for lack of a better word. And I don't I don't I use that term, not very lightly. It's we live in a a, a field a world of competing ideologies and paradigms, and and they're all fighting for the same real estate. Your mind. And if you don't take charge of it, if you don't go in there and start making this thing work the way you want it to work, then somebody is more than happy to do it for you. So my job is to teach you not just the law of attraction, although that's why you're here, it's to become more self-aware, to understand how you work. Because when you do, you can have anything you want. And no one will be able to push your buttons without your permission ever again. So I have a gift for everyone here tonight before we go on our break. Um, usually to walk in my door, it's $175 an hour. Now, I work with everything from relationships and attraction, okay, physical, romantic attraction, all the way up to law of attraction, to chronic illness, everything from cancers, Parkinson's, addictions. I work with anything as long as you pass my test. Okay, I have a very thorough screening that I use. Um, and if you are a candidate for my methods, I will tell you, if you're not a candidate, I'll tell you that too, and I'll point you in a direction that I think can help you. But I'd like to give everybody here a gift tonight. I'd like to offer everybody here tonight a free 30-minute consultation. You come out, you hang out with me for 30 minutes, talk about the things you want me to help you with. We'll run you through a few screening drills to see if you're a good candidate for this stuff, and most of you from what I see are already. But 
I'll know more when I get to get. If you want to pick my brain for 30 minutes, then go home. That's fine. If you have somebody or something you think I can help you with, I'll tell you if I can. If I can, I'll tell you that too. All you need to do to claim your gift is see Candy or Teresa outside. They'll take your name. They'll get you on my schedule. I don't have that many slots available. Um, but especially since our YouTube channel took off, it's like 13,000 people. They're, they're haunting me at night. They're like stalking me. I come out into my driveway and there's somebody with a shopping bag. Oh, yeah. No, I'm joking a little bit. But they literally, literally, they, they find us on you know, they find us on YouTube or Facebook and they find my, my cell phone number. And they literally call me on my cell phone or Facebook message me and then they call the clinic and stuff like that. So it, it, we, we, work, we help people all over the world. But even if you, know, you want to do it yourself, the people who come to me have, fall into three categories. There's people who want to fix their own stuff. The vast majority of you want to fix your own stuff. That's why you're here. I'm cool with that. Then there's another set of you that wants me to help you fix your stuff. And I'm cool with that too. And then there's the people who I, lo I love to say are a special kind of stupid. They're the people who want to fix other people's stuff. Right? <laughs> and we have trainings and things like that available. But we can talk about those things. It's getting late, but I want to give you guys some time to work with these things before we, you know, we break for the evening. So I want to take a 15-minute break, eat all the candy and chocolate and coffee that we have, because I also do weight loss. <laughs> but actually, it's, a, it's actually a dirty trick. Remember we talked about neuroplasticity? The hormone that mediates neuroplasticity is a substance called oxytocin. And oxytocin is found in very high quantities in chocolate. So the more chocolate you eat, the faster you change. For 15 minutes, see Candy and Teresa for your, 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 your free gift. Come on back. We'll get started with some stuff. Thank you for listening to The Unlimited Influence, Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.